Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Tuesday, November 7th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Tuesday NHL card. A big one, as usual, uh, for a Tuesday night uh, on the heels of a Absolutely fantastic Monday night of NHL action. Betting-wise, it was a spectacular night. I don't know if it could go any much better uh, than it did. Uh, fantastic results across the board. Uh, if you look at my card, I had Jackets-Panthers over the total. Uh, got there. Uh, the best bet with the draw and the Lightning and the Leafs at plus 380. Uh, a rare draw bet for yours truly, uh, and we get the winner there with that one. Uh, it was just absolutely spectacular. Uh, last night there. And of course, uh, we saw Vancouver get it done uh, in the late night hours against uh, Edmonton. Other than a small couple of bets on the draw and, da- and draw and Dallas minus one against Boston, it was a hell of a night. No question about that. Alex, it was a great night for you uh, yeah. as well. Absolutely. And if you are a family plan member and look, I was on the air doing the Monday night football stream on pub sports radio. So I wasn't paying attention. I had the games on, but I wasn't paying attention to uh, the YouTube channel on the community tab, but Alex was in there going uh, bonkers with the uh, lightning and the Leafs game, as far as live betting is concerned. And you talk yeah. about uh, not only that it all worked out, Alex, you had the Leafs live uh, took them at a great plus price when they made it four to two uh, in that game against Tampa Bay last night. Uh, and then of course you already had the draw pregame. Uh, as right. well in that game. So Toronto's down 4-2. They come back. They take the 5-4 lead. You had the draw in your pocket. You had the Leafs live money line in your pocket at a great plus price already. And you decided 5-4 late in the third period. Let's grab a little Tampa Bay, you know, at a great yeah. plus price and really lock in uh, the most return on investment we can get from this game and really boost our profit. Uh, and you absolutely did that. So you had the plus money on both sides going into overtime. The draw hits at plus 380 for both of us. And it's just yeah. an absolute perfect way to attack of how you can attack a game from a live betting standpoint, especially if you're watching it and you get how momentum works. And you could see the way that game started. It was going to be a wild game. No lead was safe. Both teams were downright porous at times defensively. So it was not only a game where you saw the momentum swings, but you knew that the goal scoring to get a comeback was there with Toronto. And just like with Tampa, when you took Tampa 5-4 uh, trailing late in the third, you knew that lead wasn't safe for Toronto. It's just the nature of that game. It was wild. It was a track meet. It was back and forth. Both teams struggled defensively. And you locked in one hell of a big-time profit from that game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it doesn't always happen like that every night when you when you have a draw bet lined up but that's something you you hope to grab uh you know in game you when you see these back and forth battles and that's why i always talk about looking for spots of teams to score next and looking for these momentum shifts you can grab plus money it's something we usually get to, to do more often in the playoffs uh and ironically enough the last time i did this was in this playoff series with these two teams tampa and toronto I had a great live betting uh series with that last year so that's just you know, can find some momentum and find some patterns between teams 
and we talked about it on the show yesterday. I said Toronto's one of those teams where it's a weekday game. You can't trust them to just jump out and have a big lead. They could trail and then find their way coming back. We saw them do it earlier this year, and they did it right again last night. So having the you know wherewithal of of you know watching the games and uh, and us going back and forth, and even with the chat and all this you know talking, that helps develop these patterns to where okay, we've we're seeing these things happen now. We can look for these in-game and start betting them accordingly. Same thing with uh, Boston and, and Dallas. And that was the game that I really hit upon uh, live betting and on the family plan chat. I love the first period over. That was my best bet yesterday. But I said we might be looking for a live under potentially. We could see the momentum shift in this game. If you grabbed under five and a half uh, at the end of the first period, you cashed it. But what we did was we didn't go with that price necessarily because we were late. We had to lay quite a bit, but we went and eventually grabbed uh, the over four and a half, which we were lucky to get. We actually should have, should have cashed that earlier. There was some, a couple of goals, a goal that was kind of disallowed. There was a, a couple of great chances uh, by Dallas to tie that game up, but we ended up getting that. So we also have the first period over and grabbed four and a half over in game, even though we kind of liked that live look. So you could have went three and zero in that game alone. Uh, just listening all, off of the show and, and following, uh, you know, through the family. Plan. I mean, yeah, you absolutely crushed it with that hockey game. I mean, there's nothing else to say. I mean, it's just that's just a spectacular, a live betting result uh, with that uh, Lightning and Leafs game. And Alex is look, Alex is a lot better live better than I am. It's not even close. Uh, he is. He's just done a great job just sensing that. And, and you know what's funny? I've seen people, people that really, really, uh, you know bet seriously full time this is the way they bet some of them this is the only way they bet yeah. they wait to bet get a plus price on both sides in a live sporting event it's just i've seen it i know people that that's that's how they bet that's all, that's all they bet you know they don't bet pregame shit nothing as far as before the actual game starts they'll sit down they'll have their screens in front of them they'll have about four or five games on and they will just pick apart plus money when they sense momentum shifting or a good buy low opportunity, you know, in hockey, when a team's down by a couple of goals like Toronto was last night, they score the momentum's back. That's the time you bet them. When a team gives up maybe a kick return touchdown in football, okay, they're down. The price gets better, but they gave up a kick return touchdown. They're not out of the game. You're buying low. That's the time to jump on them maybe yeah. uh, in a situation like that. There are people that exclusively bet live and look to get a plus price on the one side in the game and a plus price on the other side. Uh, in a game. And Alex just uh, illustrated that perfectly last night uh, with that lightning leaps doesn't happen all the time. And look, you're going right, to right. not be able to hit it all the time either uh, and get it to just work perfectly like that. But the opportunities are there uh, when you can, if, and when you can find them. And here's the beauty about live betting, right? We talk about how, you know, everybody loves the bargain bin segment because it's plus 300 or more. We're rarely laying anything uh, live. And if we are, we're laying, you know, a dollar twenty or a dollar thirty because we're getting a full game price. But all of these things that we're chipping away at, uh, and yesterday that four, that over four and a half that was plus money. Uh, you know, Leafs plus two hundred five. You know, Bolts plus three thirty. Uh, draw plus three eighty. So we're hitting big plus prices with this too. We're not just picking off and going for just a dollar fifty, dollar sixty. We're not cherry picking favorites here. We're looking for dogs as well and getting value along with these live wagers. 
I mean, you throw in the plus prices that uh, Alex had with the Leafs, obviously live. You throw in the draw bet, which he had. I had it as a best bet. You throw in a, a second consecutive night where my bargain bin special of the night cashes in yep. with Matthew Nyes for Toronto at plus 400. He gets the first goal of the hockey. I, could you imagine if I had sprinkled a couple bucks on first goal of the game on Matthew Nyes, uh, which I did not. Uh, but still, I'll take the uh, plus 400 there. Uh, with him, I mean, you talk about a plus 400, a plus 300, and then there was that plus 380 on the draw. As well. What was the Leafs for you live last night? I got a plus 205. 205. So there's a 205, a 400, and a 380 right yeah. there uh, with just those three bets alone last and night. Then, so. And then I gave out uh, uh, Philip Ronick to score a goal, but I also mentioned in that bargain segment, take a shot with him, power play points, plus 450. That cashed in last night, too, as he got an assist. Yeah, yeah, no, right, exactly. The power play point prop cashes in with uh, Philip Roenick there for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so really, really outstanding uh, night overall. Just briefly now on the actual games, um, credit to Columbus, brutal start, 3 nothing down uh, in that game. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens pulled from the net. Spencer Martin comes back. Uh, very, very intense game. Very, uh, you know, for two teams that don't have a ton of history, but uh, Columbus came back in that game. It got a little chippy. We were robbed again, believe it or not, of a potential goalie fight, by the way, uh, in that Jackets-Panthers game. It looked like when there was that scrum going on uh, in the uh, Florida zone, it was looking like there was a potential. Spencer Martin, who was in net at the time for Columbus, ended up skating out when he saw Bobrovsky get into that little melee and that little scrum. And it looked like for a minute Bobrovsky and Martin were going to throw down there. But uh, unfortunately, the refs and the linesmen. Uh, yeah. just like they did with Marc-Andre Fleury and Jordan Binnington last year. Uh, they end up just denying us what we all want to see uh, last night in that game. Just very, very disappointing. Like, it's if, if the two goalies want to go, stand back and let them go. Okay? Yeah. This is now twice this has happened in this damn league uh, in multiple years where uh, they've been breaking up the fight before it even starts. Um, yep. Clearly, they want to go. The crowd is obviously into it. Let them go. Let them get it out of their system. Give them five-minute fighting penalties like you would at just a regular uh, player, like a forward or a defenseman, and just move on. I mean, that's all you need to do. You just need to step aside and let the goalies go at it. Treat them like players. You know, we're not that – we're never that uh, keen on just immediately breaking up a potential fight, you know, between two players during the normal course of a game. Why are we that fixated right now as NHL officials to break up a, goal a couple of goaltenders trying to go at it? You know it's because that, that should have been a fight last year, Bennington and Flurry, and clearly Bobrovsky and Martin had interest in going, and again, they, they stopped it from happening. Bad. I think I think because of the fact that you don't know, think about you know your teams only carry two goalies, some teams maybe carry three. And when you go back to that Rick DiPietro, Brent Johnson fight, DiPietro gets KO'd in one shot, ended up having his orbital broken. I think ever since then we've kind of seen a kibosh to the goaltending fights because you don't want to see a team lose a goalie that they need in a in a fight in a you know, in a close game. So I guess that might be the reason why they're a little be. more. That's a great point. That could be it. Yeah, there that is the downfall to it. You know, you, your your goalie breaks a hand. You know, fighting yeah. another goalie or, gets, or has a or has a facial injury like like yeah. like DPH. Yeah. So that that took him out the rest of the season. So. Yeah, that's what you're concerned about. And we know, of course, quarterback, and like I say all the time, um, the goaltender in the NHL is like the quarterback in football, the starting pitcher in baseball, the point guard yep. in basketball. You lose that player, you lose that piece of your team, and your chances dwindle. I'm not saying you're done for, for sure, but, man, your chances dwindle to do what you right, want man. to do. 
and have the season you want to have. So, yeah, very important, you know, and uh, yeah, ask Tampa Bay about that. Yeah, ask Tampa Bay about that. And of course, uh, <laughs> saw it last night. Jonas Johansson's had some good moments, not, not one of his better ones last night. And speaking of that game, I mean, I'll say this about Toronto because they started that game woefully in the first period. Well, actually, they started well. They had a couple good shifts. Nyes got them on the board with the first goal to cash the bargain bin for me last night. But after that, in the first period, Tampa Bay took over. A bad goaltending from Sam. Two of those goals can't go in. You know, I thought the headman shot was he was off his angle. He was not square. Uh, and, and clearly there was way too much room given on the far side, uh, the far post there. Uh, and headman picked his spot and ripped it home past uh, uh, Samsonov. And then the second goal, I mean, he's sliding right to left. And, you know, it's hard to keep your pads closed when you're sliding right to left and you're trying to get square to a one-time blast like Kucherov had. But still, the puck went right through him uh, on that goal. And, you know, you'd like a save there. Um, The third goal, you know, that he gave up, you know, was, again, kind of the same thing where right uh, right to left, a little slow getting over. Uh, and then the uh, fourth, uh, and then actually that was the fourth goal. The fourth goal he was slow getting over, but at the same time on that power play goal, the Leafs were, I don't even think they were trying to kill that penalty, honestly. Nobody wanted to block a shot. There were no sticks in the passing lanes. I mean, Tampa Bay is just binging that puck through the uh, seams in the uh, offensive zone there with nobody for Toronto in intercepting anything. Nobody getting a stick in the lane. Nobody trying to block a shot there at all. Uh, and then Tampa made it 4-1. I'm thinking that they're, and I thought at that moment, like if they don't wake up, you know, at the end of this period and into the second, they're going to get absolutely embarrassed tonight with the way they played in that first period uh, against Tampa Bay. But he made the um, goaltending change, Sheldon Keith, and that's two in a row that against Tampa Bay, uh, Ilya Samsonov is at a rough go, which is shocking to me because this guy played so well for them in the playoffs last year uh, against Tampa Bay in that first round victory. But in the two meetings this year, in the regular season, Samson has been pulled in both games. I think they said on the broadcast, he's given up like eight goals on like 17 shots in the two games against Tampa Bay this year. So uh bad r- rough go for uh, Samsonov. Joe Wool steps in and it ends up being Tampa Bay, Toronto, the repeat from a couple weeks ago in Tampa Bay. Wool comes in and shuts the door, gives Toronto a chance to come back. And they were a lot better in the second period. Toronto was on their toes, carrying the play, a lot more intensity, Matthews gets the two goals. Uh, they end up, of course, uh, coming back to not only tie the game, but they take the lead with two more quick ones in the third period. And then, of course, Tampa does tie it late with Brandon Hagel's goal. And then, of course, they win it in overtime thanks to I'm going, going back, back to Cali. Cali. Uh, Yarn Croak, who has been snake bit offensively, gets the game winning goal for them and scores two goals on the night. So, like what Ted, um, Keith did with the uh, line combinations, Nice Matthews, and Marner, there was instant chemistry there. You got to keep those three together now uh, going into the Ottawa game on Wednesday night. Uh, and same thing with uh, calling up Nick Robertson. I thought he played pretty well, gave them great energy. He was noticeable out there. He was hard on the puck, had some chances, set up his line mates, Max Domi and Callie Yarncroke with Nick Robertson. So there was some chemistry there uh, last night for Toronto. Uh, the blue line was bad in the first period, and that's still the defense. That's the part of that team that worries me. Uh, but definitely uh, the Leafs stepped it up when they had to and were better, and it helps that Joe Wool 
uh, stepped up and shut the door for the most part after he entered that game when the Leafs were down 4-1. So say this, Toronto still got flaws, Alex. Toronto still has issues and problems, and they're going to have to rectify them, especially in their own end. But you know what I like from that game? I saw some heart. I saw some big-time balls, some guts come up, coming back, not quitting. That's more than I can say for the other team we're going to get to in a minute, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. But at least for the Leafs, while they've got issues, Edmonton has issues, but they're they're not showing the heart and the fight that I'm seeing right now from Toronto. And Toronto, at least last night, they've got to fix things, but the heart and the fight and the resilience to battle back and win that game, I give them the credit for that. Yeah, I give them the credit for it, but I'm not looking at it and saying, like, oh, this is going to be that momentum spark that turns them around and gets them back on track. Uh, they did this against Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year, and this is a worse Tampa Bay team than who they yeah. saw in the postseason. So it, it, it's kind of a more of just this is just what Toronto does. They put yeah. themselves behind the eight ball, and they have the talent to find their way and figure it out more times than not. Uh, so – other than that, I wouldn't really read into it much as, as anything more than that. And I would just look at it as Tampa Bay, you know, that's a game Tampa Bay probably wins if they have Vasilevsky in that. Simple that's as that. very so true. There is I, I don't, I don't look too much in, that. too hard into it. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I mean, if that's – if that, let's be real. If that's Vasilevsky. With Vasilevsky, yeah, that's curtains all day yeah. long. Yeah, and uh, that there's definitely there's definitely something to that. I, I I don't know if the Leafs would be rolling on back from four one down against uh, Vasilevsky, even though the Leafs did have success against Vasilevsky in the playoffs last year. But uh, still, that wouldn't have been uh, as possible maybe as it was last night uh, if uh, Andre Vasilevsky was healthy uh, and in net for the uh, Leafs. And by the way, quick shout outs again our daily two dollar dono here from our guy Pod Jen Stoner. We appreciate it very much, and David Shelton as well. He's donated a few times. Uh, shout out to you. Had a bit of luck last night in the four-leg round, Robin. Want to share with the Ice Guys family. Thanks, fellas, for thank your you hard guys. work. Uh, we appreciate it, appreciate it. Uh, very much, David Shelton. Thank you very much. Appreciate the dono. Uh, all right, and the last game, I mean, I actually feel bad for Edmonton because the first period was a gem start for them. It was phenomenal as far as I'm concerned with the start for Edmonton. They were all over Vancouver. It, it, it's so it's it's so sad as an Oiler fan, you almost have to laugh because they dominate Vancouver early in that game. What were the shots? Like 15 to 2 at the at one time in favor of the Oilers. They get the first goal, Matias Ekholm, uh, with a power play blast uh, to give them a one-nothing lead. So it looked like, wow, Edmonton's come to play. This is showing that sense of urgency, showing that desperation they need with just sitting on two wins uh, on the season, having the perfect start. And it looked like, wow, Edmonton's looking in good shape. But they're still peppering. They're still coming after it. And Demko was just a absolute pillar of strength in that first period because it really could have been three or four nothing for Edmonton in that first period if not for Demko. But I said if De- and I said to myself watching this game, if Demko can just ha- hold the fort at one nothing and allow Vancouver to get themselves going a little bit and get themselves back into that game, Oilers are going to be in trouble and they're going to lose. I, I was very confident in that. And sure enough, a couple more shifts where Edmonton was really pressing Vancouver. Demko just incredible, uh, you know, in net because it could have been three or four nothing Edmonton in that first period without him. And then sure enough, a couple minutes later, Vancouver on like what was maybe their second or third scoring chance, you know, of the entire period. They hadn't had many. And the puck ends up going in. Uh, and it's off DeHarnay and in the net for uh, a tying goal, courtesy of Quinn Hughes. He gets credit for it, 1-1. And from that point on, it, that tells you how fragile Edmonton is right now. From that point on, Edmonton's play dropped a little bit. 
And Vancouver said, you know what? We had a horrible start here, getting totally dominated by this Oilers team. Uh, what was 18 to three, I think at one point were the shots. And sure enough, uh, the Canucks quickly tied at one, one. And from that point on, Vancouver got to their game uh, and Edmonton spirit was broken. couple of those goals that made it two, one and three, one by the end of the first period, just atrocious defending way too much time and space allowed to the Canucks in their offensive zone way too much. Just, you know, fundamentals of defense have been forgotten you know, by so many of these Oilers players, defense and the forwards. There's no back pressure from the forwards. There's no communication going on in, from in the, with, in the D zone by the defensemen. They're letting players get to the front of the net. There's breakdowns left and right. You got two players going to one player with the puck in the, for Vancouver. That's just the, you know, the cardinal sin for playing defense uh, in hockey. Two players going to the same guy, you know, that's a no-no. That can't happen. Uh, and it happened in one of the goals that Vancouver scored in the third in the first period. They ended up with the 3-1 lead. Edmonton did have a good start to the second. They eventually make it 3-2. And then Vancouver, again, just scores not long after that, 4-2. And by then, it's like that was fought the last draw. And then, of course, the third period, Vancouver. And this is credit to Rick Tockett. He's got this team defending leads now. You know, when they get a lead, it's not the same old Vancouver Canucks where it's difficult now, or they, they're a shit show and they blow leads left and right. Remember, that was an issue two years ago, early last year as well. The job they have done improving their penalty kill and improving their defensive game, especially when they have a lead, has been extremely impressive. They showed it last night. They extend the lead to 6-2. to two. Edmonton loses their cool. Connor McDavid frustrated. You know, he's getting into it with uh, JT Miller and others and scrums after the whistle. Almost gets into a fight as well. Uh, you know, Drysaddle gets a 10-minute misconduct. Jay Woodcroft gets ejected from the game. I, I don't blame Jay Woodcroft. I don't blame him. You know, I, I think he's at the point where he's like, you know, fuck this. I've seen enough. You know, peace out, boys. Uh, I'm not put, I'm not looking at this monstrosity and shit show anymore. Uh, I think that's kind of what it was, him getting ejected, because he's usually a pretty calm, cool, collected uh, individual, and even he lost it, you know, and got ejected. Something he said to the refs at the end of that game. So, the, the problems continue for Edmonton. Unfortunately, there was some good things from them. They came out the way you wanted to see them come out. But at the end of the day, when your defense is a, is a sieve right now and your goaltending, there's no confidence. Skinner wasn't great last night. That one goal he gave up in the first period, he's got to stop it. They've lost confidence in Jack Campbell, clearly, because just moments before we started this show, the Edmonton Oilers have placed him on waivers with the purposes of assignment. So, that is a huge development. This is a guy they invested uh, a good contract and money into prior to last season, and it's almost like they have totally lost confidence in him getting his game back. So a huge development there uh, that Jack Campbell placed on waivers by the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so this is bad for Vancouver. This is a dreadful start to the year. But on the flip side for, Van uh, for, for Edmonton, I should say, dreadful start to the year. But for Vancouver, man, uh, terrific start, outstanding for this Canucks team uh, and they get the job done again. I mean, I'm impressed with the way they're scoring goals and just as impressed with the defensive play improving as much as it has. And of course, Thatcher Demko, who every statistic you look at right now, Thatcher Demko is among the best goalies in the NHL uh, so far this season with his yep. play. And certainly that made Alex and I happy because we both liked the Canucks uh, in that game last night. And uh, Alex, I guess same old, same old last night in that game. Yeah, this Edmonton team's a, a disaster, and now, like, you know, they're going to be Barry Campbell and Bakersfield, it seems like. 
Uh, he said Woodcroft got tired of, you know, watching it and, you know, got out of there early. It's the old, uh, you know, major league baseball manager trick, you know, get, get thrown out of a game, try to, you know, you send in a message to your team, but at the same time yeah. you hit the showers early and say, you know, enough of this bullshit. And, uh, it, it's, just, I like the move. It's a mess. I like what he did. Yeah. Oh, I like the move too. Yeah. And like I said, he's not to blame. I don't blame Jay Woodcroft for any of this at all at this point. This looks like a disinterested bunch of guys on the ice. You see Connor McDavid when he was skating out of the box the other night. Uh, one of the goals that they gave up, he was, he was in, uh, in the penalty box. And they should just show his face. Just the disappointment and dejection that's on his face just permanently. The last, I'd say, five or six times I've seen him close up in the last couple of games. He just doesn't seem to be there, and, and, and you know, mentally. And, and I can't blame him. You know, what's the point of you being the best player in the world if you're on a team that can't do shit? And, and that's where he's been year after year after year. And we constantly keep talking about it. You know, I joked about it, and I, I texted you uh, or DM'd you. I DM'd a bunch of other people, and I said, why don't the Leafs and Oilers just just go on and flip flop everybody? Just just switch up, you know, Mar Marner and, and Matthews and Wall for for Skinner and McDavid and Drysaddle, because they're literally these two teams are in the same kind of positions, but it's like I said, completely different. There's heart and there's soul in that Leafs locker room. They just can't get over the hump of the teams that they're playing. But Edmonton, there's something else there. I don't know where the, this this interest comes from now, after all these, you know. And I get I get get it, you know. You get frustrated at times, but you know, you're in an uh, easier spot, in my opinion, if, if you're the Oilers. If you're doing your job right, playing good hockey, we'd be talking about you being in the spot that Vancouver's in. You being past teams like Anaheim and Calgary, rather than you being at the bottom towards San Jose. So so there's something different, like you said, in the, the two uh, teams, why they aren't gelling the way that they're, that they're supposed to, and why they, they aren't looking as good as we expect them to look at on paper and how they've looked in previous years. Getting off to these slow starts, uh, you know, I think there's something way bigger going on with Edmonton, and they may be closer to blowing things up. And certainly, uh, the first domino would be sending Jack Campbell down the waivers. Yeah, I think I think there are going to be some changes. I think Ken Holland. I saw Ken Holland's face, and you could tell he was stoic. He was stone face. He was just despondent uh, in the uh, press box last night uh, during that uh, another loss last night suffered by his team uh, against the Vancouver Canucks. And I think right now, if you're uh, Ken Holland, you're looking to shake things up, and I think that might be just the first of potential many dominoes to fall uh, for the Edmonton Oilers with Jack Campbell's uh, waivers placement, uh, which took place just now. So uh, this is definitely going to be a team to watch. And I will say this. I said this on X last night regarding the Oilers. If You know who their next opponent is? San Jose, Thursday night. Worst team in the NHL by far. A historically bad team. A team that's given up 10 goals in back-to-back -back games and been outscored 20 to three, 20 to fucking three, a football score for fuck's sakes in the last two games that the uh, Sharks have been beaten by. If somehow the Edmonton Oilers lose that game, shit really is going to hit the fan and heads are going to roll. That's the way I sense it. Like that would be the catastrophic last straw that breaks the camel's back. If somehow the Oilers lose to what looks like a historically bad San Jose team on Thursday night. Now, in me saying that, like I said, this isn't Jay Woodcroft's fault. I think he's a, a tremendous coach, and I think that if he oh, does yeah, lose, I do his, yeah. and I think if he loses his job, he will get a job possibly as early as this year. But certainly, I could definitely see him uh, being right back with another team uh, next season. Yeah. In saying that, if they lose to San Jose, you have to fire him. You have to. There's, there's nothing else you can do. You have to fire him if, they, if you yeah. lose to San Jose. Yeah. I, I thought we were a long way away, even just a couple of games ago, with the struggles yeah. from a, a coaching change being the uh, the, the move uh, in Edmonton. But uh, gosh, if they lose to San Jose, I, 
I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. I'll tell you that. You have to. Yeah. You have yeah. to. There's, there's, because what else do you do at that point, right? To to make a statement to say that hey, we're we're, we're not going because otherwise you lose the San Jose. You might as well be San Jose at this point. You might as well go on and fucking tank it and try and get a a, a top tier draft pick to put with with McDavid and Drysaddle, you know, and, and get a number one pick for the ninth time in like fifteen years. But but if if you lose that game, you have to show something to the fans and to everybody that you know we're not going to sit, sit around with this. So I, I think that 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 would be the swan song for Woodcroft. They lose to San Jose. Yeah, it's just it's the messaging. It's not that they think that Woodcroft is inept. He is caught up in the shit storm of I think a lot of things, and you hit on it. I think Connor. I think it's finally getting to Connor McDavid. I've spent fucking seven years or whatever it's been here in Edmonton now, and what have I got to show for it? One year no. where we got to the conference finals, you know, that's it. And every other year, it's been out in the first round or second round, or not even make the playoffs. Uh, you know that's what it has been. And it start. And now he sees this start to the season when he tried to get everybody to training camp early. Remember that we heard that in training camp. Get everybody there early. We mean business this year. And to think that he went be above and beyond to get everybody in a mindset to be ready this season to take this seriously to get over this damn hump. And this is the start they've had. With that, with a with that approach of trying to get the troops together early for training camp and get everybody going early, and this is the start to the fucking season they've had in the first month. Brutal. No wonder this guy's depressed. No wonder this guy's out of it a little bit mentally right now, which he looks at in the press conference. That that fucking yeah. death by a thousand cuts quote the other night. That's a yeah. Well, that's one hell of a quote right there. That's how he's feeling inside. That to me is not just an, a a picture that he's painting about the hockey team. That's us. That's him speaking about his feelings internally right now. He feels like he's dying inside at the moment, watching this team and seeing how it's unraveling right now, how it's deteriorating and disintegrating so quickly early in the season. And this has become such a deep problem. Now it can't be resolved with one win. This is a team that has to go on a winning streak, a significant four, five, six, seven game winning streak to get this kind of dirt off of them, essentially. Uh, and, 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 to, and like I said, to get the mindset changed around. And I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. They've got opponents lined up that they can do it against. Like I said, starting off with a, a team like San Jose, but you, one win's not going to change this. You know, even like, like we talked about Toronto, you know, getting that comfort behind win, that's not going to change what's going on with the least one win, two wins here that against bad opposition, that won't change anything right now with, that, with Edmonton. Edmonton has to go on a, on a heater immediately if, if they wanted to, to save this season. Yeah, we'll see if they're capable of it. It's not a bad point uh, here. The goalie coach, yeah, Dustin Schwartz, he's the worst. Goalies go on to become Vesna caliber uh, when they leave town. Um, look, the goaltending hasn't been good. It wasn't great last year. It, although Skinner actually stabilized things, um, he does probably deserve some blame. How much blame, you know, is up to each individual's opinion, but he probably does deserve some blame because the goaltending has been horrendous. And it's both guys. You know, Campbell's been lousy really since he got to Edmonton except for a few games here and there. But um, Skinner had actually a pretty solid year last year. I think the late in the playoffs, it wasn't as good. and But he struggled this year big time as well. So, yeah, I agree. Goalie coach, a lot of blame to go around, but definitely he should have some piece of the blame that as well. Jeffrey Lara, thank you for the dono. We appreciate it. $4.99. Uh, thank you uh, very much for that. Uh, much love to everybody in the chat, everyone supporting the channel. Uh, we appreciate that uh, very much and uh, appreciate it. Hit the like button. Uh, everyone uh, on the uh, uh, YouTube channel watching the show, uh, definitely uh, appreciate that. No question. 
uh, about that. All right, let's turn our attention to Tuesday uh, here uh, in the uh, NHL. It is a big slate tonight on this Tuesday night with uh, 10 games uh, in the NHL. And keep in mind, we have a rare Tuesday night TNT national television doubleheader tonight. And the reason for that is because it's election day in the U.S., you know, state election day, and there's no NBA. The NBA takes this day off, um, and they've done this for years. So normally TNT has NBA on a, on a Tuesday night, but no NBA games, so they decided let's add an extra doubleheader, uh, an NHL, onto the schedule for tonight. So that's why there's a TNT doubleheader tonight as well, uh, in addition to the usual Wednesday night. Uh, when they have games. All right, let's go to Tampa Bay, Montreal. Uh, first game on this Tuesday slate. Tampa Bay minus 140 road favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. Uh, how do the Lightning respond following that loss last night uh, to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, where they have the 4 1 lead? They end up losing uh, by a score of six to five uh, in overtime. Certainly are going to want to play better defensively. Question is, will it be enough to keep the puck out of the net? Because it's probably going to be Matt Tompkins who is going to get the start tonight for the Tampa Bay Lightning on the back-to-back. Uh, and we know Tompkins, just a journeyman, hasn't been anything to write home about. 0-2, 3.62 goals against average, 891 save percentage for him uh, in the couple of games this year. So that's not someone I'm laying a price with on the road. And really this Tampa team I'm not laying a price with on the road. We said it yesterday. This team's got a home-road dichotomy going on right now. They have not done, gotten the job done away from Amelie, Amelie Arena this year. 1-5. Uh, on the road in six games uh, for this uh, Tampa Bay team. So they have really had problems winning on the highway. I can't hold a three-goal lead last night against Toronto. That's not what I want to see out of my minus-140 road favorite on a back-to-back to boot. Now, I know they're going to want to bounce back and win this game. I don't doubt that. But you're not playing good hockey right now. Uh, and I think if you look at this matchup here, you know, Montreal, normally I don't love the idea of backing a team coming off a, a road trip. Uh, and Montreal had a tough road trip, admittedly. Uh, they lose in a shootout to Vegas, although I thought they played more than good enough to win that hockey game. They lose 3-2 to Arizona. Again, a pretty even game that they just ended up on the wrong side of. Uh, I thought the St. Louis game was definitely their worst game, and they, they made some breakdowns defensively. 6-3 to was the final score for uh, St. Louis in that game, um, but definitely they had some blunders. You can't give up a breakaway from your uh, opponent blue line like they did to Torpchenko. That was a goal that really, really gave the momentum to St. Louis and really kind of, you know, sagged Montreal did, I guess you could say, after they gave up that goal. You know, it ended up being a big difference maker for them. So they are back home, but it was only a three-game road trip. They've had a few days off. They haven't played since Saturday. You know, so that's a good amount of time that they have been off. And they did beat Tampa Bay as a big, big home underdog the last time they played Tampa here in this building, 3-2. Uh, last March. So I am going to take a shot here with the uh, Canadians here, plus 120 uh, in this game, and certainly over the total as well. I mean, with Tompkins, we have seen the issues. I think both of his starts, the game has gone over the total. Uh, the uh, well, the Columbus game did not because it ended 4-2, but he gave up four uh, in that game. I think Tampa Bay, though, is probably going to score more against Montreal tonight uh, than uh, Columbus did in that game. So I think you're probably going to see Tompkins give up three, four goals. That's been the uh, the norm for him, he gave up four to Columbus, five to Ottawa uh, in his two previous starts this year. Montreal can get their way to a couple of goals, or more than a couple, in my opinion. And Tampa Bay, I think, will score against uh, Montreal as well, because offense isn't the problem right now uh, for the uh, Lightning. They are finding ways to score goals. They've got, you know, their forward group, for the most part, right now is relatively healthy. Uh, you know, points, uh, Stamkos, Kucherov, 
uh, Sorelli, you, Hagel, you go on down the list, Nick Paul, everyone's healthy. So offense ain't the problem. They're scoring goals, but they're giving them up. So tough spot. Tompkins is winless. You know, is he going to lose every single start? He'll win one eventually. I'm just not sure back-to-back on the road with a team that's 1-5 and five on the road. This is the night that it's going to happen. So Montreal plus 120 and over 6.5 here for me, minus 130. And uh, Chris Otto, our good friend, his totals charts are awesome. They're on the Patreon page. Make sure you check that out. He likes the first period, both teams, to score. This is certainly a game where that makes some sense, that we could see that for sure. Both teams fine in the back of the net uh, in the first 20 minutes. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Tampa Bay, Montreal. Yeah, I'll be betting that both teams to score in the first period, get plus 130 at BetMGM. But I love this spot for a live uh, over first period and full game. So we're looking for a five and a half. That's going to be a little bit tougher. Probably going to have to end up laying a price there with a dollar twenty, dollar thirty, And we're going to have to do the same with the first period over as well. I'm seeing 165s and 170s right now. So we're going to have to move quick. Probably have to wait maybe one to two minutes scoreless. Try to get that down to at least 130 at best for that first period over. So I'm hoping to get 130 for one and a half in the over and 120 for over five and a half in game. Those are the two looks I have on, on top of uh, – both teams to score in the first period. I think we see a lot of goals here. Tompkins could be one of those goaltenders that we just fade every start. Uh, I, I, that wouldn't be a shock at all. We just go overs or team totals against him. Uh, you know, he said he could win a game. He possibly could not because of the fact that he's getting such infrequent time. He may only get, what, maybe five or six more stars in total between now and Vasilevsky's scheduled to return. So uh, we could just, you know, fade him the next you know few starts in, in some form or fashion and, and kind of use that as a way to attack Tampa. Yeah, there's definitely truth to that. I mean, certainly nine goals in your first two starts is not um, ideally, uh, not ideal, not what you want to see, certainly, from uh, Matt Tompkins in these uh, first two games. We do have some shifting going on in the uh, Montreal lineup, by the way. Going into this game tonight, there is some lineup changes being made, line combo changes being made here by Marty Saint-Louis going into uh, this game. Primarily, um, we've got uh, a new-look second line with Pearson, Monahan and uh, Gallagher uh, together, and they've all played pretty well lately. So you could sprinkle the board on all three of those guys. And, and Monahan, I'll give him credit. You know, I've never been a big fan of Sean Monahan. Calgary, it just fl- no pun intended, flamed out for him there uh, in Calgary. But he's played well this year so far uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. I think he's really, really gotten into his role there. A little bit more of a leadership component he gives you. He's produced so far offensively for the uh, Canadians. So those are three prop looks. Maybe, you know, share the wealth, put a little bit on each of those three that are playing on the uh, second line right now. I mean, Monaghan's on a five-game point streak, four goals and five points in the last five games for him. So uh, no question, Monaghan, Gallagher, and um, Pearson. And then I would look at the uh, first overall pick from last year. He's moving up to the top line, and he's finally showing some semblance of life offensively. He finally got a goal against St. Louis. He's playing with Caulfield and Suzuki you know, on the number one line for Montreal, and that's Uri Slavkovsky. So big time to see him get a top line opportunity and, and see him get on the uh, scoreboard uh, against St. Louis, getting a goal there. Much needed. His first goal of the season, that was as well. I could see that. You know what that's like, Alex? We use it with the skilled players. They're struggling. You're slumping. You're in a drought. You can't find the back of the net. You finally get that first goal. Uh, and then and, the, and you're playing with two great players, two of the best players on the team, Caulfield and Suzuki. Yep. And you could find yourself to get that confidence and that swagger back. So you can get Uri Slavkovsky tonight for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Pretty good price here for a top line player. Plus 450 at DraftKings for him to uh, score. Uh, it's an excellent, excellent um, price there 
uh, for him to find the back of the net tonight uh, in this game for the uh, Canadians. For Tampa Bay, it's a lot of the same players I would look at that I mentioned yesterday. Hagel's on fire. He gets the game-tying goal yesterday. He's playing with Point and Kucherov. Nick Paul's always worth a look. Connor Sheary's moving up to the second line, so he might be a little uh, undervalued here as far as uh, a player prop is concerned uh, in this game for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And one more that I want to throw out there, too, uh, just because, of course, he is from, you know, the area uh, there in Quebec. Uh, Alex Barré-Boulet, you know, gets to play in Montreal here. And, you know, we've cashed a few with him already this year. You know, he'll want to make an impact playing in his home province. So uh, Alex Barré-Boulet, one more time here. Even though he's cooled off a little bit and he's now on the third line, uh, I'd go back to the well with that here tonight. All right, Buffalo, Carolina. We've got the uh, Hurricanes minus 220. Uh, home favorite, six and a half being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Um, Buffalo is one of those teams where I don't, they become so predictable. And I guess that's a detriment to them where when they come off a really good game and a win, I, I don't fully trust them. And we've seen it in recent results. They've only won twice in a row uh, one time this year when they beat Colorado and Philly back to back. So they have had trouble putting good performances together. Other than that, it's been win, loss, win, loss, win, loss from this team. Uh, Carolina, they've won four of the last five. Uh, A big comeback for them beating the Islanders in overtime on Saturday night uh, by a score of 4-3. Of course, the Sabres beat the Leafs 6-4 on Saturday night. We'll see how this uh, matchup goes. But uh, here in Carolina, uh, it has definitely been uh, pretty much all Carolina as far as the recent success. Carolina's won five straight uh, times that they have hosted uh, the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So uh, definitely... I don't trust Buffalo. I, I, I'm tempted. I, I want to take a price like this on a team like Buffalo where there's high variance. There's going to be games where, you know, they end up surprising people, beating Toronto. And then there's going to be games like fr- uh, Friday night when they host the Flyers and they couldn't have started that game worse and they get drubbed, you know, by the Flyers in that game. So a lot of variance here with this uh, Buffalo team. Just because of where the price is, I'd lean ever so slightly to them, but they haven't had great success in Carolina. Uh, five three. Five, three, six, two, four, two, and four, three have been the last five final scores, all in favor of Carolina here in Raleigh when the uh, Hurricanes have hosted the Sabres. So maybe over just because of series history. Three of the last four have gone over. It should be noted uh, that uh, Dev, uh, Uko Pekalukanen, it looks like, might be the uh, starting goalie in net. And Dylan Cousins being out is unfortunate for the Sabres, obviously. He got hit, hurt in that uh, fight. Uh, uh, Friday night against Philadelphia. Didn't play the Saturday game as well. Byro's on IR. He's been, been pretty solid since coming up. So a little bit of shuffling going on with the uh, Sabres. But uh, right now, nothing locked in for this game other than I would lean slightly to the Sabres and over six and a half here. What do you think, Alex? Buffalo, Carolina. Oh, there we go. I'm, 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 okay. <laughs> but couldn't get myself unmuted for a second. Uh, this game's a bit interesting. You know, just looking back at the history, you know, Sabres have, have uh, been dominated by Carolina going back over the years. So it's kind of hard to kind of justify, you know, taking a shot here with uh, the Sabres as the big dog. And like I said, you know, they just got their own kind of issues. And this is a team, as much as I love the makeup and I felt really good about them early in the year, I just now they're kind of just floating into that territory that we talk about in like December, January, where it's like, oh, they're not hot. They're you know starting to cool off and starting to regress back into that middle or, or bottom tier kind of a team. And they're kind of doing that a little earlier this year than, than in, in certain years because they haven't gotten off to this great start. So 
it's one I'm going to stay away from. I might look for a live first period over because I'm looking at the the uh, just history here. Seven and one the last eight meetings to the first period over, and I mean fairly high scoring affairs too. So uh, more than likely, seeing one seventy right now. This is another game I'll circle for a live first period over. Two guys on the second line that have value for Sabers for props tonight. Casey Middlestat's on a point streak. So goal prop, assist prop for Middlestat, and same thing with his line mate on the second line. He's on a, I believe, five-game uh, point streak for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, and he scored three goals and he has uh, three assists uh, in those games, six points altogether in the last five games for our guy, J.J. Paterka. Paterka, Turka, Turka. Uh, he's been uh, pretty good lately here for the uh, Sabres, uh, finding his way. So Middlestat and Paterka, worth a look. Carolina. Steph Nason on the top line here, it looks like, once again. And he has been he's someone that when I when Brindamore moves him up the lineup, uh, usually that's a sign that uh, he's going to chip in. And look, he's playing with Ajo and Jarvis. Pretty good to be have those two guys as line mates. So absolutely, I would consider some props for Stephen Nason tonight uh, in this game uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, getting that little bump uh, up the lineup for sure. Uh, so it's a good prop game. I do think I'll move for sure on the over. And the reason for that is the series history. And I want to point something out, too, about Buffalo on the blue line. They've lost Matias Samuelson to injury. He's on IR. He is by far, in my opinion, their best defensive defenseman, like their best, sturdiest defender in Buffalo's own zone on the blue line. It's Samuelson. If you look at his numbers this year for them, uh, 25 blocked shots, 25 hits in 11 games this year for the Buffalo Sabres. So that's 25 blocked shots uh, in 11 games. Now that's over two blocked shots per game uh, for Samuelson uh, so far this season. So he is a road grader in his own zone. He's He is one of the better, sturdier, stable defenders on the blue line for the Buffalo Sabres. And this, the first game that Buffalo played without him, Saturday night against Toronto, and you saw what happened. It was 6-4. to four. You know, track me up and down, and we had 10 goals scored uh, in that game. So it's kind of like we said with Minnesota, with Spurgeon. There's always going to be a couple of these defensemen here where when they're out of the lineup, the team is not just uh, worse, uh, but a lot worse uh, defensively. And Samuelson, you know, with the first game without him, 6-4 to four was the uh, final score. So that's going to be a hole that they're going to have need to fill, and it may not be easy to do that. Uh, so over the total here for me with uh, six and a half is probably – the stronger look here for me as far as the Sabres and Hurricanes game. All right, next up, we've got the uh, Minnesota Wild and the New York Islanders. Uh, pretty much even money. Now, this did open Islanders minus 130 as home favorites. It's pretty much down to even money now, minus 110, uh, both sides. Uh, the total here at six, uh, pretty much across the uh, board uh, in this one. Uh, I think when you look at this matchup here with uh, Minnesota, they needed something and they needed a spark. They needed to get things uh, turned around and, Look, it wasn't pretty. That was as bad a start in the first period as you could have asked for. But kind of like with Toronto last night, they showed a little heart, a little fight, a little character. Uh, that was good to see from the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they roar back. They end up beating the New York Rangers in a shootout 5-4 uh, to four, uh, on Saturday night. Pretty wild hockey game that was. Uh, and it ended up being a rough night again for Philip Gustafson, who's just not had the same season uh, that he had last year for the Wild. And Marc-Andre Fleury to the rescue. Played pretty well. Turned aside uh, 13 of the 14 shots that he faced. Uh, gave the team a lift, spark, wake-up call, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and the uh, Wild come back and they beat the Rangers. So that ended up snapping what was a uh, four-game losing streak 
uh, for the Minnesota Wild. We'll see if they can carry that momentum forward here to tonight uh, against the New York Islanders. Very disheartening loss for the Islanders against Carolina. You're up 3-0. You've got to find a way to close that out. Uh, they were not able to do that. Uh, they lose that game uh, in overtime 4-3. That's not supposed to happen to the Islanders. The Islanders have made a killing right now out of you know protecting leads, shutting things down uh, in the third period when they have a lead. And they haven't been able to do That's twice now they haven't been able to do that. The Detroit game and then the uh, Carolina game on Saturday night. So the Islanders... Usually that's their strong suit, uh, holding a lead. They have not done that uh, and not been able to do that here uh, the last uh, few games uh, for them. So that's definitely uh, something that would bother me going into this game. Uh, for Minnesota uh, going into uh, this game, yeah, there is no uh, Jared Spurgeon yet. He's nearing a return. Um, we'll see. Um, he won't play tonight uh, against the Islanders, but he's close. He's very close. He's skating. He was actually on the morning skate, in the morning skate tonight on the ice for Minnesota. And we know how important a defenseman he is to this team. Regardless, I like Minnesota here. I agree with the money move in this game. I think there's something to it that this team got a spark, got a lift, got a you know a a, a, a win that should you know recharge the batteries, so to speak. They needed it in the worst way, and sometimes you can get some positive momentum that can carry over. And plus, they've dominated the Islanders four straight head-to-head uh, -head series victories uh, for the Minnesota Wild over the New York Islanders. And by the way, here in this building in Long Island, they've outscored the Islanders 7-4 to four, uh, in the last two times they've made the trip here to Long Island against the uh, uh, New York Islanders. So uh, I'm going to look at Minnesota here, minus 110. I might sprinkle, I don't love the draw, but I might sprinkle a little on it here because I could see it being a close game. But I like Minnesota here. I think they can get the uh, job done uh, against this uh, Islanders team. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Minnesota, New York Islanders. Yeah, that's the same way I'm attacking it too. Wild minus a dollar ten, and and a small sprinkle on the draw because these are two teams that just kind of play to that tendency and style of playing close hockey. But Minnesota has dominated. Uh, well, and it's funny I was looking back at the history because I've actually went to one of these games where the Wild came back down three nothing and ended up winning five four uh, years and years ago, almost ten years ago actually. So. This has been a, uh, you know, I think this would be a solid momentum. Like I said, build off the momentum from that win with the Wild. They could do that here against an Islanders team that, you know, just kind of, if you had this flip a coin field with the Islanders, right? Some nights they're on, you know, top and it's Sorokin making, you know, big saves and they win three to one. Or you got these games where they give up a couple of goals early and, they, you know, they lose their pace and, and, and focus and the way that they want to play. And that's the thing with the Islanders. They get really dejected in the sense of if they're not controlling the pace and tempo early and it's not their style, their way of game, then their, their kids in the corner are kind of crying, taking their ball and going home. They just shut down completely. And I think the Wild can capitalize off of that. So I'm going to lay it here with the Wild, but I'm, I am going to take a little small sprinkle and grab some of that draw in pocket as well. All right. Good stuff indeed. Uh, this one with, look, the Islanders blew a lead to Carolina and Minnesota, you know, had a brutal start against the Rangers and had to rally back. I think both teams probably want to clean things up in their own end. So you would think both teams want to play an under game tonight would lean that way. Um, but it's hard to, with this Minnesota team, man. I mean, they just keep going over, over, over. And, and like I said, I don't know if that's going to change until they get Spurgeon back and he's just not ready to return yet. I'd lean over, but I don't think I'm going to tonight because I could see the Islanders wanting to play tight and I could see Minnesota on the road wanting to tighten up. Although, like I say, Minnesota this year, uh, unbelievable over machine, nine and two overall to the over. So uh, I still could only look at a Minnesota game over the total right now, but 
Uh, I just got that gut feel to me that, you know, both teams are going to want to play a little bit better in their own end defensive game on both sides. As far as props go again, because this could be lower scoring, I'm not going to have a ton of props other than Marco Rossi. How do you not? I mean, Marco Rossi's just been uh, just spectacular. Uh, you know, now he's playing on the top line where he should have been a lot sooner than he was. Uh, but he's finally there now with uh, Kaprizov and Matt Boldy. Uh, Dean Everson's kind of loading things up. I mean, that is a hell of an offensive line now that he's got that number one unit with uh, Kaprizov, Boldy, and uh, a, a surging, very confident, red-hot Marco Rossi, who has scored uh, five goals this season, three in the last four games uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. So uh, definitely still worth a look there as far as uh, props go tonight. Rossi on the uh, Minnesota side of things. On the Islanders' side of things, there is one that piques my interest here as far as player props tonight. We got someone moving up the lineup. He's got skill. He's got uh, ability. Uh, and that's Oliver Wallstrom for the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, he had not, hasn't scored a goal, hasn't even registered a point in the five games that he's played. Uh, and he's been battling a knee injury, but he's coming back uh, and returning to the lineup uh, following two games where he didn't play against Washington and Carolina. And, uh, you know, Lane Lambert's given him the opportunity here up on the top line with Matt Barzell and Andrews Lee, the captain. So Oliver Wallstrom, and normally I don't like betting player props involving uh, individuals that don't have anything going offensively right now, but how am I going to resist plus 430 at Caesars for Wallstrom to score a goal tonight when he's playing on the top line? So did grab that for a player prop price there, plus 430 Wallstrom on the top line tonight for the New York Islanders with Barzell and Lee. All right, Red Wings Rangers. Uh, Rangers minus 150, home favorite, six the total. Uh, in this one, uh, we like Detroit on Saturday, obviously, against Boston. Really good situation for them. Uh, and they end up getting the job done. 5-4 win uh, over the Bruins. We'll see if they can uh, keep that rolling here tonight against the Rangers. It's not going to be easy. The Rangers have played great hockey. But, you know, deep down inside, they're going to say there's no way we should have lost that game against Minnesota when you have a, a, a an early lead like they did uh, against the Wild. And they end up losing in a shootout. So that kind of knocked them down a peg. You know, I could definitely see the uh, Rangers responding the right way uh, here tonight in this game against uh, the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, it is worth noting, though, when you look at uh, the uh, recent meetings here, Detroit's been a, a very tough out for the uh, New York Rangers. They've split the last six uh, meetings between the two teams, three and three. Three of those games have gone to overtime or a shootout. That's what I kind of like here. A little draw uh, sprinkle for me here with Red Wings and Rangers. You look at it, Rangers. Uh, they have gone to overtime or a shootout in three of their last four. Detroit uh, has gone uh, to overtime twice in their last six games. But more importantly as well, the head-to-head -head series, three of the last six, we have seen the game go to overtime. And two of those three games past regulation ended up taking place here in New York at Madison Square Garden. So uh, nothing on the side other than a little sprinkle on the draw here. Uh, and again, go to FanDuel for those draw prices. They're very good there at that sports book. I think it's the best value, the best prices you'll find in the offshore market as far as betting NHL draws are concerned is at FanDuel. And again, at FanDuel right now, you can get plus, uh, let me just uh, check here. Uh, yeah, plus 360 for this one uh, as far as the uh, draw for Red Wings Rangers. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Detroit, New York Rangers. 
Yeah, I actually grabbed the worst price. I got plus 340 at Battle Online, but I love the draw here too as well. Nine of the last 16 meetings have gone uh, to overtime or, or at least past regulation overtime or a shootout. Uh, as you mentioned, both these teams have been playing close games in recent form as well. So uh, the TNT game, seems like TNT games compared to ESPN games tend to have more of where we see a draw. I don't know if you've noticed that in the last couple of years. It just seems like those TNT games kind of kind of lend themselves to having more overtime games. So we're going to go uh, Detroit, New York, draw. Uh, except grab the plus 360 at FanDuel. But there's 340s. That's, it wouldn't go any lower than 330 on this. Yeah, no doubt. So make sure you grab that. I agree with that, uh, definitely. It's a good doubleheader tonight for uh, TNT. Uh, no question about that. They got Detroit, New York, and then New Jersey, Colorado. Uh, later on. So a uh, nice doubleheader for the uh, TNT this election night, Tuesday, uh, TNT doubleheader with uh, Chelly. Chelly, you found another job, Alex. It's Chris Chelios. Yeah, yeah. It's back yeah. on the TNT panel tonight. I don't know why. Oh, joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell Alex was thrilled by that. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, he's joining Biz, Liam, and uh, Anson Carter, Ace, with the uh, TNT folks tonight uh for the uh broadcast um yeah a draw works it makes some sense as far as um the player props here for me in this one um blake wheeler it looks like might be on the top line uh for the uh rangers tonight uh playing alongside uh Kreider and savannah jad keep that in mind he did have an assist against the uh, minnesota wild his first point as a ranger uh so i think there's some value there blake wheeler lafreniere i always mention him uh definitely uh worth a look he's had a nice bounce back back here uh and here's someone on the uh, third line that all of a sudden you know noticeable you know playing some solid chipping in he's got points in back-to-back games will Cooley here for the uh, new york rangers so there's a couple there on th- that side detroit yes the big news with detroit is robbie fabry now please let this guy stay healthy no more injuries please i mean the let, let, let's keep this guy on the ice here because he can be a really good player great offensive instincts you know, when he's uh, healthy and available to play. So he's back from the lower body injury. Right now they've got him slotted in with Joe Valeno and Daniel Sprong. That could be a good, nice little third line because we've seen Valeno and Sprong chip in offensively this year for the Red Wings. Now they get a guy like Fabry on the left side uh, on that line. That's That's got the potential to be one heck of a nice little third line uh, for the New York Rangers. No question about that. As far as the status of Dylan Larkin, game time decision uh, for him tonight with the upper body injury. Uh, he would slot in, of course, as usual, between Raymond and Debrinket uh, on the top line if he plays tonight. So keep an eye on that. We have no word yet as far as uh, his status. Yeah, Fab. I think anyone on that third line, Fabry, Valeno, and Sprong, that's that's where the value is for me. You know, And that's what I look for. You can bet Debrinket, you can bet Larkin, you can bet the big guns. They're op- they're never going to be say they're never going to be bad option. There's never going to be a night where I say, yeah, don't bet them but you don't get the prices. I go for the bang for the buck. Uh, and I think right now with Detroit, that's Valeno, that's Sprong, and that's a returning uh, Robbie Fabry as far as the uh, value with Red Wings player props tonight uh, in this game. All right, Winnipeg, St. Louis. We've got Winnipeg minus 140, uh, road favorite, six the total here in this one. Uh, the uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, it's been a pretty solid year overall for them uh, so far. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, keep it rolling here. Uh, actually, five and six, they've slumped their last three games. You know what? I was thinking their record was better, but then I remembered, wait a minute, they've lost three in a row, although they were all tough games. You know, the Montreal game, shootout loss, uh, the Rangers, an overtime loss, Vegas, of course, that's never an easy game, but they did bounce back. They beat Arizona 5-3 uh, in their last game. See if they can uh, keep the uh, 
finally snap the losing streak, keep it going here against the St. Louis team that's all of a sudden won a couple in a row, beating New Jersey and Montreal uh, in back-to-back home games. Finally, some offense for the Blues. The Blues had really had a hard time scoring goals, and all of a sudden in their last two games, they put up 10 goals combined uh, in those two games, both victories against the Devils and the Habs. So we'll see if uh, they can uh, keep the uh, momentum going uh, here in this game. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, for me, it would be a, definitely a, a, a solid lean to Winnipeg. I just don't love minus 140 on the road, but I do like the Jets here. I would only look toward the Winnipeg side. Winnipeg has uh, dominated proceedings lately uh, versus the St. Louis Blues uh, to the tune of 7-1 and one, uh, in the last eight meetings for the Winnipeg Jets uh, over the St. Louis Blues team, uh, and including a win earlier this year, a couple weeks ago in Winnipeg, 4-2. to two. That was the first game, by the way, that Rick Bonus was away from the team with his uh, wife, Judy, who's, by the way, on the men. She's going to be fine. She's recovering. So that's great to hear regarding wonderful that. And I, and I, yeah. It is wonderful to hear. And I think Rick will be rejoining the team behind the bench very soon. Uh, it's just oh, a nice. question of when. Good. So that's some very good news uh, yeah. on the bonus home front and the family situation there with his wife. Uh, but as far as this game, Winnipeg, to me, still the better of these two teams. I credit to the Blues. They took advantage of a Devils team that I think was on a back-to-back. And Jack Hughes got injured in that game threw everything out of whack, I think, for the Devils a bit. And then they took care of a Montreal team that, um, you know, obviously has its deficiencies. Not going to be as easy here. And Winnipeg has dominated this series. So I'll probably look for a live line at a better price is probably the way I'll approach it here uh, with Winnipeg tonight. Uh, What do you think here, Alex? Jets, Blues? Yeah, I think I'll take a shot here with uh, Winnipeg and regulation at even money. I know some people were looking at the draw on this, but I I think this could be a Winnipeg team. you know, St. Louis is not as good as, as their record indicates. And, and, you know, we're waiting for these spots to fade St. Louis. I think this is one of them. Uh, and I don't see where, you know, yeah, maybe this could be a tight game and go past OT. But I think the Jets could come out and dominate the pace and, and, and take care of business within 60 minutes here. So, and even money, I'll take a shot with Winnipeg. All right. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Win- yeah, that, that, that's what I would consider doing. Do a Winnipeg in regulation or a Winnipeg minus one. You know, if you're going to bet the Jets, get a little bit, bit uh, get get a little better bang for your buck, and uh, in, instead of laying the minus 140, you know that is probably what I would do here with the Jets uh, in this game. There are a couple props here. Uh, Cole Perfetti, I, I mentioned his name because he's now playing on a top six role. He's now got uh, points in three straight games. So Perfetti goal, Perfetti assist. You know, I think is definitely something to keep in mind here moving forward. Uh, I have follow on the top line. He got a goal and an assist a couple of games ago. Uh, worth a look, in my opinion. Uh, Nino Niederreiter with the hat trick against Arizona. We know he is a streaky player. Does he get going? Uh, Adam Lowry had a nice uh, game against uh, Arizona, a couple of points as well. So keep an eye on those two. Uh, for St. Louis, uh, the props are it's pretty simple for me. I want Robert Thomas and Kapanen. I think those are the two guys you really hone in on right now uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. Robert Thomas, three goals and and four points in the last three games. Kapanen's fit in nicely on that top line, uh, and he got a goal in the win against Montreal as well. So uh, those are a couple of guys that I think uh, I'd start there. Robert Thomas, Kasperi Kapanen, you know, if I'm going to look at um, player props involving the St. Louis Blues tonight. Uh, wow. Uh, AJ Fam 871 uh, in our chat. Uh, thank you very much. That's very, very kind. 1999. Uh, donation. Thank you so much. Sam, thanks, guys. I got into NHL last year and love it. That, this is the people that I love because they don't even really didn't really love hockey initially. 
didn't really get into the sport initially. And yet they watch us. We give out our picks. We hope to do better more often than not. Usually we are able to do better more often than not. And then all of a sudden we got people that never gave hockey the time of day before. Now all of a sudden watching this show, watching the sport, realizing how fucking awesome it is. It's it's an incredible sport. That's why we all love it. He says, uh, I just got into NHL last year and love it because of watching this show. I watch all your videos. It's very helpful for a newbie like me. This year I've been hitting hockey bets like crazy. Uh, We will talk about Flyers, Sharks, and Devils Avalanche. We hit every game uh, on the show each and every day. So we will get to those couple of games in just a moment. But we appreciate it. The $20 dono, uh, AJFam871. Uh, just great stuff. Um, Jonathan Yim, I forgot to shout him out. Thanks, guys, for the plays every day. Oh, $20 dono from him. My, my goodness. I mean, it's just, wow. Uh, we're beyond uh, appreciative uh, of everyone that tunes into this show every single day. Absolutely. Definitely. That That is very nice and very kind and generous. And like I said, we try to do our best to give you guys winners and uh, hopefully you guys capitalize on them. And we appreciate the love back. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, like like I say, the season's just getting started. We're only we're just a month in. We're here till June, every day till June. Think about that. June next year. So uh, we got lots of season ahead of us for sure. Uh, the Calgary Flames are going to hope that the win they had against Seattle will get them going with plenty of season still ahead of them. Uh, they host the Nashville Predators, a Calgary minus 125 home favorites, six the total shaded to the under in this game. That was, uh, that's a step in the right direction for Calgary. I will say that. And look, I'll take my lumps. I'll take the loss with Seattle in that game on Saturday night. But I liked what I saw from the Flames. That was one of their better efforts in quite some time. I thought in the second and third period, they were a lot better uh, in that game. And, you know, the flighty bunch, three and eight on the season. You know, they're not much better right now than Edmonton or San Jose with that record. But they come in here with a little positive momentum. Uh, a six to three win. They only gave up 20 shots on goal, Alex. That's the thing that I liked about that Calgary performance. Better in their own end, tighter. And I know Huska's been trying to let the reins loose a little bit on this uh, Calgary team, let them go up and down a bit. But, you know, they actually got the offense going and they were able to still play defense. They didn't sacrifice their defense for the goals that they got. They scored and they were able to play a sturdy, sound defensive game on the road. That's the perfect combination. So many times in this league, you're going to see teams that score a bunch of goals that are great offensively, but they're always going to give it up at the other end. They're going to give up those high danger chances. They're going to give up those high quality opportunities. Calgary managed to score the goals, get that offense cranked up against Seattle and play sound, sturdy, shut down defense, holding the crack into 20 shots on goal in that game. That's the dream game. That's what every coach in the NHL wants their team to play like. And finally, we saw Calgary play that way. But can they sustain it? Can they follow it up? This is a team that is still looking to win two straight games in a row for the first time this season. So can they follow it up? That's going to be the big question here. That being said, other than one time, you're also looking at a Nashville team that hasn't won two games in a row at any point this year. And, of course, they're coming off a win against the struggling Edmonton Oilers. 5-2 Five to two on Saturday afternoon. How much credit do you give Nashville for winning that game? Not a whole lot with what we're seeing from Edmonton uh, here right now uh, at this point in time. So I'm going to give Calgary a shot here tonight. Minus 125 in this game. Um, you know, it's always difficult to trust this group. They haven't done well against Nashville. It does concern me. Seven and one, in fact, uh, in the last eight meetings for the uh, Predators over this Flames team. But 
is probably uh, a Nashville team that's probably a little bit weaker than a lot of those teams. Five and one to the under as well, the last six meetings between those two teams. So Calgary here a little bit on minus 125. This has been a heavy uh, series history as well, where we've seen lots of overtime and lots of shootout uh, incidents between these two teams. Uh, we have seen five of the last seven between these two teams go beyond regulation. So five of the last seven meetings have gone to either uh, overtime or a shootout. So that draw might be worth a look here as well uh, in this game. So I'll probably do what I did with the uh, the Minnesota game where I took wild and draw. Uh, I might do that here, a little flames and a, and a little bit on the draw here. Plus 350 is what you can find on that at FanDuel uh, right now. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Predators, flames. Yeah, I'm just on the draw. Uh, like you mentioned, it's six of the last nine. Uh, meetings have gone to overtime or a shootout here, and this feels like it could be another tight game, so I'm just keeping it simple to draw. All right, there we go. Back to that, and certainly the recent evidence backs it up where we've seen a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, recent overtime and shootout matchups between the Predators and the Flames. And again, with the draw bets, if you hit one of them, you know, you are definitely in good shape. I mean, that and that is definitely something to uh, keep in mind. If you just hit one of these draw bets, uh, you definitely uh, could show profit for the night. So that's all it takes with a lot of them in that plus north of plus 300. Many of them, you know, in the plus 350 to plus 400 uh, range, if you're looking at FanDuel uh, in particular. So uh, that's all it takes. But as far as props go in this game, there are a couple uh, that I do want to mention. I think there were some lineup changes here for uh, Nashville tonight. Or was it Calgary? I'm trying to. Oh, Calgary. Calgary's got the lineup changes. Well, let me start with Nashville first, though. Uh, as far as the Predators, uh, O'Reilly auto parts. It's actually playing well. Now you're not getting this value that you would get uh, a lot of times with Ryan O'Reilly, but Patrick against Edmonton, uh, he now has a whopping seven points, five goals uh, in the last four games. So uh, Ryan O'Reilly feeling it right now uh, for the Nashville Predators. No doubt. Uh, he's probably where you got to start here. If you're looking at uh, player props for the uh, Nashville side, Thomas Novak, pretty consistent overall, two goals and three points in the last uh, two games. Uh, and he's got uh, two, four, five, six, seven points in the last six games. So Thomas Novak for Nashville as well. And then for Calgary, uh, Ryan Huska, there are some lineup tweaks going on. Uh, the big one is Dylan Dubé's jumping up to the top line with uh, Lindholm and Huberto. So Dylan Dubé, I think, has some value here. He hasn't really gotten off to a good start, just one goal uh, this season. But here's an opportunity to get right playing on the uh, top line. So uh, I like that look. Uh, Connor Zary, Kadri, and Sharon Govich. Uh, on the uh, second line for the Flames. And, you know, I think Zary continues to be worth a look. He's gotten a point in each of his first two NHL games this year. Of course, he scored the goal in his first NHL shot on goal a couple games ago against Dallas. So, uh, Connor Zary, uh, Igor Sharon Govich as well. He finally scored against Seattle with his elevated uh, spot in the lineup playing on that second line as well for Calgary. Guy they got in the Tyler Toffoli trade with New Jersey uh, in the offseason. So, Igor. Uh, Sharon Govich might be a good prop look for Calgary as well tonight. So those are a couple. Rzichka, by the way, we cast a few props with him early in the season. He's back from a shoulder injury tonight after missing the last four games. This is a guy with two goals, two assists this season, but he might be on the fourth line tonight. They might be easing him back into the, the swing of things. So keep an eye on that. Normally I'd be all in on Rzichka again, but he may not get that top six spot You know that he's had. Uh, previously, not to mention they won the other night against Seattle with the lineup they had. So definitely could see him maybe down the lineup, at least to begin here tonight 
uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames. And as far as goaltending for this uh, game, by the way, Fleury Varlamov for Wild Islanders, who's so quick for uh, Red Wings and Rangers, Hellebuck, Bennington, Jets Blues, and for this game, it's Saros and Markstrom uh, confirmed as the uh, goaltending matchup. All right, speaking of Seattle, they're next up. Seattle Kraken going to the desert uh, to take on the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we've got even money here, both sides, six being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Uh, Seattle trying to bounce back from their loss to uh, Calgary uh, on home ice uh, on Saturday. Uh, we'll see if they're able to do that. Arizona also on home ice looking to uh, bounce back here uh, from a loss against Winnipeg uh, in their last game. Uh, both of these teams, they've been up, they've been down. You know, they've been uh, inconsistent for the most part. Arizona, they're just uh, two and uh, four in their last six games. Uh, Seattle just one and uh, one and three in their last, or two and three rather, in their last five games. So, you know, both of these teams have just been up and down like crazy. Seattle has won four straight head-to-head -head, uh, against Arizona. Uh, this is one where I don't feel strongly about Seattle. I don't feel strongly about Arizona uh, in this spot. It, and when I feel that way, it's probably either a pass or maybe a sprinkle on the draw potentially in this game. But I uh, don't really have much. I will say this. I might go over here with Arizona. They're suddenly uh, a team that they're lighting up the, the lamp at a pretty good clip here. Three, four, eight, three, eight, three, three. I mean, they've consistently gotten to three goals, but their defense hasn't been as good. You know, it's Ingram and... Vemelka have not been nearly as good uh, in net. Uh, they've given up uh, a lot of goals, six and five to LA. Uh, they did shut down Chicago, but that was the one exception. They give up four to Anaheim, uh, five to Winnipeg in the loss the other night. So haven't exactly been uh, shutting teams down. Now the two games, uh, two of the three games, I should say last year did stay under the total uh, between these two teams, but current form would tell you that uh, you don't want the under right now with how both of these teams, especially Arizona, are giving it up. So not strong opinions, just mild opinions here. Uh, maybe a look to the draw, maybe a look to the over here. Uh, Alex, Kraken, Coyotes. Yeah, it's not one of my favorite games tonight. I would lean to the over, too. Probably one where you can grab a five and a half and even plus money, uh, potentially, and, and go for a slow start. So this is one I'll have circled maybe with a live over, but other than that, not too much action. All right, good stuff. And then quickly on props here, you know, it's basically a status quo for both of these teams right now. I mean, for Seattle, uh, it looks like pretty much this. Actually, no, I should uh, correct myself here. We do have a lineup uh, shakeup here for Seattle. Kyler Yamamoto, maybe the Oilers miss him a little bit right now because two goals, two assists. You know, he got a goal and an assist against Tampa Bay. He's elevated to the top line tonight. So Dave Axtell has given uh, Yamamoto the huge bump uh, up the lineup to the top unit with Beneers and McCann uh, here tonight in this game. So uh, I think definitely when you look at this uh, game here, uh, he's got some value, no question uh, for his player prop playing on that uh, top line tonight, Yamamoto for the uh, Kraken plus 475, you know, at some books to uh, get the, uh, uh, find the back of the net and score a goal tonight for Seattle. So Yamamoto to the top line uh, for them, uh, keep that in mind. So uh, the Ty Cartier experiment, uh, on the top line is over clearly. And uh, Yamamoto will take that spot with uh, McCann uh, and um, uh, Veneers on the uh, top line. And then for Arizona uh, here in this game tonight, uh, let me see. There's uh, pretty much the same uh, lineup combinations. Really the only things that interest me are Dursey's always a threat, you know, to chip in from the blue line. Uh, Logan Cooley goal and an assist and Lawson Krause is the other one. He has played pretty good hockey lately for the Coyotes since 
uh, Andre Tour, and he moved him up to the uh, second line. And since he's been in that spot, uh, we have seen Kroos here the last three games with four goals. So he has been lighting it up, four goals and five points just in the last three games for Lawson Kraus. So he is definitely the uh, uh, on-fire current form uh, producer offensively right now uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So his prop's probably worth a look. All right, the second game of the TNT Tuesday double dip, New Jersey and Colorado. I think a lot of people thinking this could have been or could be a Stanley Cup Finals preview. we got a long way to go. Uh, but uh, Colorado minus uh, 180. Uh, home favorites, uh, six and a half the total in this game. Uh, New Jersey has looked out of sorts a little bit since the uh, injury to Jack Hughes. There's no question. You look at the uh, loss to St. Louis when Hughes got injured, uh, and then you look at the way they played against Chicago. They had a slow start, battled back, took the lead. Chicago got made it interesting late in the third, but they did hang on. They got a 4-2 win uh, in that game. Look, it's definitely going to be a bit of an adjustment for this hockey team, playing without a guy that is just so important. Is just so much what drives them uh, offensively is what Jack Hughes does, you know, on a nightly basis. So, you know, it's not going to be an easy uh, time of it to, you know, fill the void and uh, have a uh, play through without him, not to mention Nico Heeshear, uh, the captain, one of the better two-way players in the NHL. So uh, definitely concerning uh, as far as uh, having both of those guys out going into this game tonight against the uh, Colorado Avalanche. That being said, it's opened the door for tons of value. And for me, it's uh, McLeod and Mercer. These two guys, I have mentioned them repeatedly now in recent New Jersey games when we've talked devils on this show. They are great value in their props right now. McLeod now has scored multiple games uh, in multiple games since he's been moved up to a top two center spot uh, on this team. So Michael McLeod again tonight. I mean, plus 500 and he's centering the top line. It looks like in this game tonight with Bratt and Toffoli. Are you kidding me? Plus 500? My goodness, and we saw him score the other night. We saw him score a couple games before that. No doubt, great value there as far as Michael McLeod uh, is concerned. Same thing with uh, Dawson Mercer. And you know what it's like with a talented player. Finally saw the puck go in, you know, uh, on, us. Uh, uh, I think it was Friday, uh, or no, it was uh, Sunday, rather, against uh, Chicago. You know, he finally saw the puck go in. We know this guy is very talented, very capable, had a torrid second half of the season. Uh, for the New Jersey Devils last year, he's plus 340 to score a goal tonight, plus 230 to get an assist as well. He hit one of those. You know, you're going to be profitable. And he's playing with uh, Meyer and Palat uh, on that second line for the uh, New Jersey Devils. So uh, good value with both of those guys as far as player props are concerned. Uh, on the Colorado side of things, they're coming off just a debacle against Vegas. Saturday night, get absolutely uh, crushed. Seven to nothing by the uh, Golden Knights. Now the game was actually closer, you know, than that final score would indicate. But uh, you know, Avalanche couldn't capitalize on their opportunities. It is worth noting Aiden Hill played great. You know, he was spectacular in that game. It's not like Colorado was wretched. I mean, the final score makes them look wretched. It's just that they couldn't score uh, on half their chances, and it was probably one of the worst nights that you'll see Alexander uh, Georgiev have uh, in that seven goals allowed on thirty-four shots and. You know, I am a little concerned, Alex, about uh, Georgiev, and I know you keep track of the goalies and have the charts, but he had that red-hot, terrific start to the season for the uh, Avalanche. But you start to look at some of his recent play uh, in between the pipes for the uh, Avs. He's given up four goals to Buffalo, four goals to Pittsburgh. Uh, there was that huge uh, night where uh, the Islanders put a huge number by him, four goals there, the seven spot against Vegas. I mean, he's now given up four goals or more in four of his last five starts. 
So Alexander Georgiev has definitely hit a little bit of a rough patch uh, yeah. for the Avalanche. See if he can get his game back tonight. He, I still think he's a capable goalie. He's going to be uh, obviously not feeling good at all about giving up seven the other night against Vegas. I would think tonight might be a good bounce back spot to trust in him here a little bit. Uh, Vitek Vanacek, by the way, confirmed in net for the uh, Devils. I like Colorado first period puck line tonight. I mean, I don't love the minus one or the or, or the full game puck line as far as the price is concerned. You know, I don't want to go with minus one and a half necessarily uh, with the uh, abs, although I lean that way. I think the better option is get the best price you can, and that's the first period puck line, which is minus a half plus 150 uh, at bet 365 for uh, Avalanche first period puck line. I like that one uh, a little bit. You know, the Devils now suddenly, that's two games in a row that have gone under after that 9-0 and start uh, to the over uh, to begin the season for this team. So that's two straight unders. Series history between these two teams, though. Uh, actually, if you look, two of the uh, meetings last year, did, or one, they split last year. One went over. It was the game here in Colorado, and the other stayed under. So one over, one under last year when these teams met. But I lean over, but I like Colorado first period puck line here a little bit more. Minus a half, plus 150. You would think after getting bond by the champs, 7 nothing, that a strong start will be in the offing here uh, for the Avalanche. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? New Jersey, Colorado. Yeah, it's a game you got to shop around with because I was able to grab over six, and uh, that's still available at a dollar twenty. You can see BetMGM, Caesars, a couple other books still have that. So I like the over here, and like I said, it's got a lot to do with Yorgiev. You know, he's getting run down already. I mean, they've been starting him night and night. You know, it seems like uh, Prosvetov only got one, one or two starts so far. So it seems like Yorgiev just—they're running him into the ground already. That's not good to be doing in in you know early November, mid November. All of a sudden, wear down your number one goalie when you know you're not getting Francois back anytime soon. If he's going to be ready all this this season, and you've got Prosvetov, you don't really fully trust uh, to give a, a ton of games. And then you got Annan and down with the Eagles. You tr- you know trying to let him develop and get more time in the AHL, get more seasoning down there before bringing him up. He's obviously going to be your goaltender of the future uh, as soon as possibly backing up next year and starting within two years. Uh, so. You know, you're running your give into the ground. Banachek hasn't been uh, super solid necessarily in net either. I think this could be a game where we see goals uh, go back and forth. So laying the dollar twenty with over six, I'm going to do only to do that. I'm not even going to wait and try to grab five and a half in game. All right, good stuff. Uh, by the way, regarding the uh, props, just uh, one last thing on the uh, Colorado side of the equation. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, Jonathan Drewen back in the lineup here. It looks like tonight for the. Um, Colorado Avalanche and actually returned following the St. Louis game was a healthy scratch uh, back uh, against Vegas. And it looks like tonight on the uh, top line here, uh, it looks like Bednar dropped into the second line just in the Vegas game. He was initially going to put him on the top line. He didn't. Uh, and they get shut out again. And Drew is back with McKinnon. And it was early in the season when Drew had his best. Um, it was early in the season when Drew had his best moments with Colorado, he got a few points. He looked like there was some chemistry there with him playing with uh, McKinnon and Rantanen. And it looks like Jared Bednar, uh, Bedsy as they call him, uh, is going to put uh, Drewan back with uh, McKinnon and Rantanen. So there is some value on Drewan here tonight. He's plus, and he doesn't score a lot of goals. A lot of his points are, are assists. He doesn't really score a ton of goals, but, you know, put a buck or two on plus 650 for him to score. There aren't assist props, unfortunately, with him. Uh, just goal props, but you know, he is on the top line. Maybe he gets one tonight and plus 650 
you know, still, I think, worth the sprinkle. All right, Pittsburgh-Anaheim. We've got the uh, Penguins minus 190 road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. So I get it. Pittsburgh lost to Anaheim at home last week. Short turnaround revenge spot. Normally, I like those situations. Pittsburgh obviously feels good again after, you know, albeit a bad, horrendous, horrific, maybe all-time worst team in San Jose on Saturday night, but they got their confidence back in a big blowout win. I get it. And and obviously they won't forget what Anaheim did last week. They went into Pittsburgh, they beat them in that shit show officiating game where it looked like Anaheim was getting jobbed left and right uh, in that game. And Anaheim still found a way to win. So yeah, Penguins might, you know, bring a little purpose here in this game. That being said, based on my current power ratings, which are going up tonight on the Patreon page, based on where I have these two teams ranked right now, and it's got nothing to do with last year, nothing to do with two years ago or three years ago. I'm talking about right now, based on current form, based on my current power ratings of these two teams. Do you know what my money line price came out on in this game? Minus 130 on Pittsburgh. Minus 130, not minus 190. That to me is just an egregious miscalculation of what we're seeing from the Anaheim Ducks right now. And what we're seeing is a young team playing with uh, great confidence. Uh, don't tell them they're supposed to be bad. Much better in their own end. Their goaltenders both have been good, Gibson and Dostal. It really isn't mattering, mattering at all who's in net uh, at all for these two teams right now, or, or for Anaheim, I should say, right now. Gibson's been good. Gibson's going to be back in net. And Gibson loves playing Pittsburgh. You know, he really does. And he got injured. Remember in that game against Pittsburgh last week, he didn't even finish the game, but he's healthy now. He's going to get another chance at them. He's a Pennsylvania guy. John Gibson uh, grew up in that area. So always wants to play well against the uh, Penguins. Wouldn't surprise me to see him play well tonight. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's got to show me that they can string two wins together. This is another team. They're four and six. Have they won two games in a row? Not since they beat Washington and Calgary, two struggling teams back to back. That's the only time they've won two in a row this year, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, it looks like no confirmation, but probably Tristan Jari uh, in net for the uh, Penguins tonight. So I get it, you know, redemption for losing at home to this Ducks team last week. But this is a great amount of disrespect in the line as far as I'm concerned with the Anaheim Ducks right now. So I'm still on Anaheim again at plus 170 uh, here tonight in this game. Alex, what do you think here? Penguins, Ducks. Yeah, I'm stunned by this price, and I'm on the Ducks as well. I grabbed it yesterday, and, and I was stunned to see it go up. Uh, I grabbed a little bit at 150, and I'm glad I didn't play a full unit because now I can grab some 170 there as well. But uh, this is just, you know, like I said, disrespect from the books, and, and you know the books are kind of looking and saying. And it's also, it's also what I said yesterday too. Pittsburgh's one of those teams like Toronto, like Edmonton. They're always going to be public darlings. So you're always going to, to, to get the worst of the number. Colorado, you can throw them in that, in that pack too. Vegas as well. Those are teams that are always going to get public money. They're always going to draw a little bit higher than what they're actually worth. So yeah, like I said, 130, 140 is about a fair fair rating. But when you got money coming in and you got, you know, the public perception, they're gonna automatically go uh, you know, minus to minus one seventy, one eighty, one ninety with a team like the Pens. But I think there's value here. We can grab it with the Ducks and uh, back them plus 170. And there's also a player I like for Anaheim to score tonight on the power play. I'll be talking about that a little bit later. There we go. Sounds like a bargain bin moment coming up for uh, Alex uh, with that one. Uh, I like the over a little bit here too, uh, six and a half. Um, Series history has been overs uh, galore, including the last meeting. So we're back on over six. And Pittsburgh, to me, is still an over team. Uh, I, I respect their offense. I do. Is a team that's capable of scoring goals. They got a good offensive team. Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Rust, Latang, Carlson on the back end. I mean, 
that's the that's a that's a that's actually a playoff caliber offense. The problem is the back end. Latang slow and old. Um, you know Carlson doesn't play great defense uh, from the back end. Uh, you know you look at some of their other defenders. They're okay. They're not great defensively in their own zone. And then Jari's a big mixed bag. You know one night he's great, one night he's not very good at all. So uh, that's the issue. They have a Stanley Cup caliber offense. They don't have that on defense right now, Pittsburgh. So that's also why they've been kind of a team that coming into the season, I had circled the bet overs didn't automatically start that way for Pittsburgh, but now that's two, three games in a row now where their games have gotten to at least seven total goals. Uh, so over six and a half here as well. Uh, and then as far as props go, yeah, McTavish is just automatic. You know, you just keep on going with this guy until he proves you otherwise. He has just been awesome for the uh, Ducks. Carlson and, and uh, Vetrano are of interest to me as well as far as props go in this game. Uh, Alex Kalorn returned last game playing with Henrik and Silverberg on the third line. Uh, he'll continue to probably get better and get more uh, you know, comfort in this uh, lineup. Uh, Jamie Drysdale on IR, but that blue line still playing pretty well. Uh, Gudis, Vakaninen, uh, Labushkin, Pavel Minshikov, we sung his praises yesterday. Uh, on the show. Uh, that guy is just getting better and better. What a fluid skating defenseman. Uh, Pavel Minchikov uh, is right now for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Very, very impressed watching him play uh, as well. Just a fun team. Just an absolutely fun team. Exciting team to watch right now. The Anaheim Ducks, no question. All right, final game of this uh, Tuesday card. It is the woeful, woebegotten San Jose Sharks in action again, losing 20-3 to on the scoreboard in their last two games combined against Vancouver and Pittsburgh. Can they right the ship here against the Philadelphia Flyers? Uh, Philadelphia minus 190 uh, road favorites. Uh, and the total in this game currently uh, six and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, I'm at the point now. Here's the thing I definitely like in this game. Uh, it's probably over six and a half with the full game total. You know, I am done trusting this defense and this goaltending to do anything at, at this point because. When you're giving up 10, when you give up 10 goals in a game and then you turn around and you give up 10 goals again, the next game, there's clearly no amount of intensity and dogged, determined effort defensively that can fix these problems. You're not supposed to be given that. You're just a shit defensive team. You just have shit goaltending. And that's exactly what the San Jose Sharks have. And I don't think if, if that's going to change anytime soon. So I know I like over six and a half in this game because I'm confident even this Flyers team, you know, where who we don't think of as an offensive juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination can score goals. I know they got shut out by L.A., but before that, they put up a five spot on the Buffalo Sabres uh, and they put up, you know, they were good enough to put up four against Anaheim. They put up a six spot against Minnesota who have struggled defensively. You know, this is definitely a team that should be able to do what every team's done lately against San Jose, and that's find the back of the net 10 10. Uh, it's six for Tampa Bay against this team. They gave up five to a pedestrian Nashville team. I mean, it's just been dreadful. And, you know, you're supposed to dig in defensively after you give up 10 in the first time you did it against Vancouver, and then you gave up 10 again the next time. Uh, that is definitely not what you want to see. So I know I like over six and a half, but I do think the Sharks, for as pitiful as their offense has been, and it has been pitiful. Look at these games. Look at going back to the Boston game eight games ago. One, 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 zero, zero, one, one, two. Like I said, it's binary code that the San Jose Sharks offense operates in right now. It's, the two is their high watermark, the last game against Pittsburgh. Uh, that's it. 
but I do think they could chip in something here. I mean, don't they at some point got to, you know, and the one thing with them too, is that when you look at their lineup, it's awful. There's no denying that it has very little, if any depth and, and no game breakers in the third and the fourth line. I get that, but there is some skill and some talent in hurdle Eklund, Zetterland, Zadina had a pretty good start early in the year. You know, you should be able to get something for crying out loud offensively from those guys. You know, I'm not asking you to put up four or five goals a night. I'm asking you to do something. Put Get one goal for me. Get a couple of good chances. And so I think eventually you got to see for guys like William Eklund, who's a highly thought of prospect, one of the few they have, Zetterland, Zadina, Hurdle. I mean, this is a guy that's the veteran on the team, the offensive dynamo of the team. You know, when's he going to get his shit together uh, for the San Jose Sharks? He's got one goal uh, on the season. Tomas Hurdle, you know, uh, you need more from him. He's a 63-point guy last year, 22 goals, 30 goals the year before that. He needs to find his way uh, and get going offensively for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Um, we'll see if he can get it going here against a Philadelphia team that it looks like here Carter Hart's still out. So it's Sam Erson in net. Now, Sam Erson's been just a, a big-time uh, bundle of mixed bags uh, as far as his performances go um, because we saw him play uh, pretty poorly uh, against the first meeting against Buffalo. Uh, the Anaheim game, he got lit up. He gave up seven goals. He gave up five goals to Dallas. He did play better the second game against Buffalo where he only gave up one goal, that, and it was a much better game from him. But can he sustain that? Can he keep it rolling here tonight, Sam Harrison? That's the uh, big-time question. Um, I could only look Philly. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, I gave San – I stayed off Pittsburgh. A, I don't like Pittsburgh much. I think they're overrated, overvalued. B, uh, I stayed off Pittsburgh because I gave San Jose an opportunity after a shellacking against Vancouver. Show some heart. Show some guts. Show some fight. I think they just suck so bad, stink on ice, that heart and character can't override uh, a deficient talent on this team. And that's what we see. Talent deficiency everywhere. Horrid defense, horrid goaltending, not enough offense up front. And they can't overcome that. You know, whether there's harder fight, um, who cares? You're just a, a shitty hockey team. One of the worst we've seen in a long time. Uh, and we saw it again in that de- a second straight debacle for them against Pittsburgh. So I could only look at Philly uh, here. And am I running to take Philly? No, but I would do what I did early in the season. You take Philly first period puck line, you take Philly team to- total in the first period, Philly team total over for the game. I might even sprinkle on all three of those, not with great conviction compared to some, but no, there is just not a dime of my hard-earned money going on San Jose. I refuse. I refuse, especially after what I've seen the last uh, couple of games. Uh, Alex, uh, Flyers and Sharks. I'm, I'm not betting this game. Uh, one thing I will give you an interesting note on is that the last time a team gave up back-to-back uh, double-digit goals and losses was the 1965-1966 Boston Bruins. After those two games, they did go on and have a 4-4 tie against Montreal. So maybe you take a shot at the draw, but there's no way I'm looking at anything involving uh, the Sharks right now. It's a pass. You can't even trust San Jose after these last two games to play someone close or competitive. No, and so that's why I can't, I don't trust the draw. <laughs> probably personal wagers of just a small variety, probably on the first period team total and the first period puck line on the Flyers, as well as the uh, Flyers team total over um, for me. But I do like the full game over. That is my strongest opinion on this game is over six and a half. I mean, because I think the Flyers will do what everybody's done the last couple of games. They'll get theirs against this horrendous goaltender, Mackenzie Blackwood. 
And this, uh, other than that one game against Colorado, which looks like a mirage right now, uh, he's been awful every other game. And the defense is terrible in front of him. And uh, at the same time, I could see San Jose getting to at least one or two, if not three tonight against the Flyers. And Sam Harrison, who, you know, prior to that one good start he had Friday night against Buffalo in Buffalo, hasn't been great for him uh, this year. And yeah, for props in this game, you know, if, if anyone's going to do anything for if San Jose, it's any of those guys I mentioned, Hurdle, Zetterlin, Zadina, uh, and Eklund uh, up front. And for Philadelphia, Farabee, Bobby Brink, uh, they're good looks as far as uh, props go. Konechny's been on fire, uh, but definitely um, Farabee, Bobby Brink, uh, Cam Atkinson, Konechny, uh, Owen Tippett. You know, those have been the main uh, catalysts for them uh, offensively. So you could sprinkle the board a little bit, share the wealth and dabble a little bit in each of those players because it's been a nice committee that they've had Philadelphia with that group as far as uh, being able to put the puck in the net. Yeah, if you want some value, Philly team total over two and a half plus 200. Uh, that is good value there. And Rich H, Philly and over five and a half plus 142. That's your that, best value for the game. That's right? really good. That's a good find. The, the combo bet in this game, if you're going to look toward the Flyers, that's really good. Uh, and it drops the total down to five and a half for you. And Philly just to win the game. There's no margin needed, just a win. So that Philadelphia Flyers and over five and a half, as recommended by Rich at plus 142, you know, that does look uh, like a solid approach uh, here in this game. All right, great stuff. That is the Tuesday card. We appreciate it. 340 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. Thank we appreciate you. it Thank very you. much. Incredible live viewership for this Tuesday show. A reminder Ice Guys Family Plan, YouTube channel membership, just $9.99 US per month. Uh, for that, get on board. Daily betting card, player props. See Alex just doing a phenomenal job as well nightly with the live wagers posted on the community tab for family plan members as well. We have our first family plan members only exclusive Ice Guys Live Betcast Thursday night this week, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're looking forward to that. We'll be on with you for at least the early games uh, so until, until approximately 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, so excited about that. Our first Family plan members only uh, live betcast Thursday night. Make sure if you're a family plan member to join us for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a blast. And like I said, sign up for the family plan, you know, right now, uh, as soon as we get off the air, because like I said, tonight I got at least three plays that'll be locked and loaded early uh, for live wagers. We did a great job last night, hoping to keep that momentum rolling. And of course, Thursday, you want to be part of the betcast. The only way you can join and be part of the stream is if you are a family plan member. The only way you can watch it is if you are either a family plan member or you are a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nice guys. Ian says he's going to have his uh, player uh, or sorry, his uh, team uh, reports up. I'm going to have my goalie updates uh, coming up in the next couple of days as well. I'll have articles up as well for, over for the weekend. So we'll have a ton of uh, things coming up on the Patreon page. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it very much. All the donations from our YouTube chat participants today, yeah. and just beyond uh, overwhelming help and gratitude being shown. We appreciate it very much. And everyone else in the chat, appreciate it uh, very much. All right. Bargain bin special of the night. I mean, I, I'm now all of a sudden two in a row after that drought. Dawson Mercer, New Jersey uh, on Sunday night against Chicago. And then Matthew Nyes for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night against Tampa Bay. So what can I find for an encore? Um, well, we'll see. I've got one in mind. It's a tough decision. There are a couple that I uh, have my eye on, but I've settled on one. But let's start with Alex for this one because he's in on the bargain bin special of the night. Alex, what do you like? 
Yeah, we got lucky with uh, some power play points the last couple of nights. Let's go with one in the Anaheim-Pittsburgh game. We're going to go with Mason McTavish moving up to that top power play unit. We're going to look for him to get a point here at plus 325 is the number I'm seeing at BetMGM. I got plus 320, so we're actually getting a little bit more value since we've been on the air. Grab Mason McTavish to get a power play point, plus 325. That's my bargain bin special tonight in the Anaheim-Pittsburgh game. All right, there it is. Uh, I like it. Uh, Mason McTavish, plus 325, power play point for the Anaheim Ducks tonight against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins for uh, Alex B. Smith with his uh, bargain bin special uh, of the night. I'm going to go to the Tampa Bay-Montreal game, and uh, this is going to be for my bargain bin special of the night. we got a great situation here. We know the guy's got the talent, even though he's only 19 years old. You don't go number one overall in the draft if you don't have the talent. We know he's playing with the great players now on the top line for this Montreal team. He was moved up there last game, played a season-high 18 minutes, six seconds, time on ice against St. Louis uh, on Saturday night, and got his first goal of the season on that top line with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. We're going to rock with Uri Slavkovsky, Montreal Canadiens, the number one overall pick in the 2022 draft. He got his first goal against St. Louis. He's playing on the top line with Cole and Suzuki. That confidence is starting to flow through him uh, once again, and we can get upwards of plus 450 at BetMGM, DraftKings, PointsBet. Uh, you can find the best price at all three of those books uh, for Uri Slavkovsky uh, to find the back of the net for the Montreal Canadiens, plus 450. And let's make it a third straight bargain bin special of the night winner uh, here on this Tuesday edition of the Ice Guys. All right, best bets. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're going to go with a draw. You had the draw winner last night for best bet. I'm going to try and duplicate it. We're going to go Flames, Predators, uh, regulation draw, plus 350. Six of the last nine meetings uh, between these two teams have gone past regulation, getting a great number at plus 350 here. So we're going to go with Calgary, Nashville, draw, plus 350. That's my best bet tonight. All right, there we go. Nashville-Calgary draw uh, for Alex B. Smith with his best bet for this uh, Tuesday card. My best bet. No, it is not another draw uh, after cashing with uh, Tampa Bay and uh, Toronto uh, and the uh, draw last night, which I did enjoy seeing. Uh, Great to see that come through. Uh, My best bet is going to go right back to that game between the uh, Lightning and the Canadians. Goals, 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 goals. I think we're going to see it. I like Montreal too, but I like this total even more. Matt Tompkins in net for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay scoring. That's not their issue. Keeping the puck out of their net is. We've seen Tompkins in two starts. Give up five to Ottawa, four to Columbus uh, in his previous two starts. That's nine goals uh, in two games combined. That's a 4.5 goal allowance per game average. Montreal should find the back of the net, but Tampa Bay will get theirs as well, even on the back-to-back on the road. We know Montreal's been letting in goals uh, a little bit. That's not a good sign when St. Louis is putting six by you. Uh, on Saturday night. So Lightning, Canadians, over six and a half, minus 130. Uh, That is going to be my best bet here for this Tuesday NHL card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern, and download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we're back with you tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Mm-hmm.